right. Well, hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here with all of you uh, who are here in the house with us and made it here in person. And I always want to say hello to everyone out there who is watching online, watching live with us, and just glad you're taking advantage of that. Uh, man, and for all of us, wherever, whether you're here or out there, that I pray and hope that God has already met you today, uh, and, and I always pray that he continues to do so with, with uh, the time that I have up here, uh, and that's my prayer is that, that God is continuing to meet you, and uh, I want to welcome you today to really good, so I'm excited about this, this is uh, a day we do every year, it's called Vision Sunday, I want to welcome you to Vision Sunday, I'm really looking forward to it, uh, and so if you're new here, or if you've only been coming for like about a year or less, uh, we actually do this once a year, we do this every year we just kind of revisit the vision that God has for us as a church and we do this once a year for a few reasons uh, one is I just think it's really important that we either A, know uh, or are reminded of just the call that God has on us as a church and we just need to remember what that is, that's just, it's just important for us as a church to know where we're going and what God is doing and what he wants to continue to do and the second reason why it's important is because God actually tells us to do it, he, tell, he tells us to remind each other of the vision uh, or we'll drift away from it, and then we'll be doing something that he didn't put us here uh, to do. In fact, God says something about it in Proverbs 29. It says, where there is no vision, uh, people perish. Uh, I actually love the message translation of it. Here's what it says in the message translation of it. It says, if people can't see what God's doing, then they'll stumble all over themselves, uh, but when they attend to what he reveals, uh, then they're, they're most blessed. When they know the vision, when they see what he's doing and revealing, then th that's where he's going to bless the church and, and do what he wants to do. And so, uh, with that, here's what I want to do today. I, I got sort of two hopes uh, today for everybody here this morning. One is that I hope you're spurred on and encouraged if you are a part of God's call on us as a church or the vision mission that we have, that you're spurred on and encouraged and glad that you're a part of this. And two, uh, is that you are inspired to get in with what God's doing and that you're a part of what he's doing here. And, and here's the thing, I'm gonna clearly lay out, if you're wondering if you're a part of it or not, I'm gonna clearly lay out the steps that we take, the things that we do, so that you know if you are a part of what God is doing, okay? So let's get to it, let's go. And I thought I would start by uh, just kinda uh, with a glimpse of what God has been doing so far. You know, the longer that I've followed Jesus, the more I'm learning the importance of remembering to remember. What we've experienced here at River Ridge over the last 14 years is nothing short of a testimony of God's faithfulness. It reminds me of the story of the Israelites when they are arriving in the Promised Land. And as they are finally crossing the Jordan, Joshua instructs 12 men to grab 12 stones from the middle of the river. And he uses these stones to build a memorial in Gilgal so that future generations would be reminded of God's power and God's faithfulness. And as I look back at the very beginning of this journey, what I see is a church that has always been filled with people that were filled with a passion and a vision to reach our friends and our family and our neighbors for Jesus. And we simply served and loved the people in front of us. And while we remain faithful to what God called us to do, God did what only he can do. As I look back, all I can do is stand in awe of his faithfulness and his continued presence and his continued blessing over us as his church.
God's faithfulness meets your acts of faith and something miraculous. So people far from God find their way to their Heavenly Father and lives are radically transformed. I'm convinced more than ever that what we get to experience here at River Ridge is not normal. And I believe that God is up to something big in our midst and that He is preparing us for an amazing season ahead. He's going to give us a front row seat to His gracious work in our lives faithful hand of God, and then to continue to be faithful to what he's called us to be and to do, because we know that the same God who's been faithful to us in the past is the same God who is and will be faithful to us in our future. Man, that's a good way to start, and that's awesome. That captures so much of who we are, what God started, yeah, and what he's continuing to do. Love that. And, um, you know, some of that showed the, the very beginnings of our church. If you've been new to this, like it showed where we started when we started as a little church plant in 2008. And we set up and tore down every single weekend at West Hayes Elementary with a little group of people, a little group of people. And then we saw God grow us and, and, you know, just use us to reach so many people in this community for Christ and grow so many believers. And man, I love the baptisms. How about that? I mean, just boom. I just love that. Just awesome. This is what we want to be about. This is what we're not going away from. This is what we're going to continue to do. And so in that video, Chad uh, referenced the story of Joshua and the Israelites, God's people, and when they actually got into the promised land, the, the, the mission that God put them on. And so I want to go to that story and see what God does for us in the vision and the mission that he has for us. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those uh, and open them up to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua, we're going to be in there for a little bit, so I really encourage you to get in there if you have your Bibles or electronics to highlight or, or whatever. So if you're getting there, as you're getting to Joshua, I'm going to get us caught up here with what's happening with God and his people and hope to get a word from him and the mission and vision that he has for us as a church. So what's happening is, uh, this is all the way back when uh, the Israelites, God's people, were slaves in Egypt and Moses got a mission from God to get them out of slavery. And, and so God got them out using Moses and so then they start going towards the promised land, the place that God said, this is the place that I have for you. Uh, and so they're walking towards that but some weird things happen uh, with the people because as they're going to this place that God has for them, what we see is that they stop trusting God. Uh, they sort of don't trust him anymore, even though he did what he did to get them out of slavery. And then they, are, they start making really weird decisions. And so then they end up wandering in this desert for 40 years as a result of their decisions to not trust God and, and make some weird decisions. But, but here's where we are in the story now. But now they're ready. 40 years has gone by. God said, you're ready now. Uh, you trust me again. Uh, and so they're at the doorstep of getting into this promised land. But then Moses dies. And so then Joshua, uh, the, the second in command, steps up into the leadership. God calls him to lead the people. And so that's where we're going to be. And we're going to see what God does with Joshua and the people. And this is verse 1, Joshua 1, it says this. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them. To the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I have promised to Moses, from the wilderness and to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. 
All right, so uh, God tells Joshua, all right, man, you're, you're, you're the guy that's gonna lead my people, and here's what I'm gonna tell you. They're ready. You're ready to lead. They're ready. It's time to go, and so I'm giving you the torch, and we're gonna roll into this, and, and in here, what we're gonna go into here in the next few minutes uh, is that God does something here that I wanna look at. He actually says the same statement three times to Joshua, and he says the same statement within a command after that statement, and the statement that he gives, I see some of you looking already. I'll give it to you right now. It's be strong and courageous. And then he gives three charges to, to Joshua's people and what I believe he still gives as charges to this church today. Uh, so let's look at that. If you're taking notes, go ahead and get those out there. Grab those. I hope you write some things down as we really go through the mission and vision of the church here. So here's the first uh, be strong and courageous statement that he gives and it's in verse six. And he says this. He says, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And so the first thing that he says to Joshua, if you're taking notes, is this, is be strong and courageous and continue the mission. And continue the mission. If you're taking notes, that's the first thing, and we want to continue the mission. So God says, hey, go inherit the land. Uh, stay on the mission that I gave you. Cross that river, and you're going to inherit what I set you up. So God set them up. He set Joshua up to take a step and to say it's time to go. And here's what I want to get to with us today. This is the same thing for us today. It's the same thing, that God has given us a mission as a church as well. And he's saying we have to accept what that is, and we have to keep continuing on with how he set us up to be. So I want to talk about this for a second. So here's the vision. I'm going to give you the vision and the mission that we have as River to Church, as clear as I can say. So here's the vision that we have. It's a vision for every single one of you. Uh, the, the second you walk in to this door, this is what we want to see. We want to see a whole, we want to see a church of a bunch of people who are chasing after God and who are, uh, who are committing themselves to growing in a community. They're, they're growing themselves in community with Christ. I think I have that up there. Uh, building authentic community with, with each other to grow in Christ and then committing themselves, committing themselves to what God wants to do in them to actually reach other people for Jesus Christ in their community uh, and all around ultimately just to be a part of the world changing for Christ. That's the vision that we have. That's what we want to see in everybody uh, in this church, okay? Uh, and so that's the vision. And then we have a mission as well. And this is, this is really what we do. This is why we're here as a church with the vision that we have for you. And the mission is really simple, that we are here, we exist to help you take next steps in your journey with God. And, and why this mission is really important to understand and, and why we want to know, because that applies to everybody. Like that's the mission to accomplish that vision that, that we believe we are here to help you take steps and anybody and everybody has a step that they could take from somebody trying to figure out what faith even looks like in Jesus all the way to a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Like we have steps for you. We want to be a place where we have an actual step of, of understanding God listening to what he has to say and applying his word to your life so that you can make Jesus Lord of your life and continue to do that. We need to be encouraged all the time to continue to make Jesus Lord of our life. So that's why we're here uh, and that's why we exist, to accomplish that vision. And so then what we have is we have a means to accomplish that mission. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple and you've heard this a little bit if you've been here, but we really have four actions. That's it and I hope you write these down. Four actions to really get that going, the mission that we have to accomplish a vision uh, for you. And it's four things. It's connect, grow, serve, go. I want us all to say that. You ready? Connect, 
grow, serve, go. That was weak. All right, so let's go through these for a few minutes. I'm gonna go through these for a few minutes because these are really important because this is just how you know that you're being a part of what God is doing and what he wants for your life. So the first uh, action step that we have to get into that mission and to accomplish that vision we have for you is that we believe that we're here for everybody to have a connection with God. We want you to connect with God. Um, We all ask three questions in life. All of us. I don't know if you realize you asked this or not, but you all ask this, and actually we ask it more often than we think as believers of Christ. The one is, first one is, what is truth? Second one is, where do I belong? And what is the purpose of my life? Everybody asks those questions. What is truth? Where do I belong? And what is the purpose in my life? How does my life matter? And here's what I know. This is what I know from experience, and this is what many of you know here, that there is a space, there is a void, uh, there is a longing for purpose in your life that only God can fill. Only God can fill that up. And here's what you're gonna find out in your journey with life. That the world is on a path that cannot answer those questions. And many of us take that path and many of us know that that the world offers a path and it does not work and it's only Jesus. It's only Jesus who gives you life, belonging and purpose and something worth chasing after, something worth chasing after and giving you life as well. This is the amazing reality that we have with God. That listen, that there is a different uh, connection. There's a different connection. There's a different path that followers of Jesus get to take. It's an ancient path. It's an ancient path of Jesus that is, it's a path that gives us hope, freedom, and rest for our souls and answers to the questions of life. So my life before knowing Christ, uh, I always thought that I was a Christian. If anyone asked me, I would absolutely say, yes, I'm a Christian. Um, But as an adult, life gets crazy. Uh, At least it did for me. I struggled a lot with anxiety, crippling anxiety. Um, There was a period of time where where it would consume me so much that I literally felt hopeless. And I thought that there was nothing anyone, anything could do. And I just thought that I had to tough it out for the rest of my life. Because even though I thought about giving up, I knew that I had uh, too many reasons not to. So a quick version. I'm at jiu-jitsu on a Wednesday. Still struggling with anxiety. And there was a guy who I never really talked to much. And he looked at me and was like, hey, man, are you all right? And in an instant, I thought, do I give him the most common answer? Like, yeah, man, I'm doing all right. How are you? Or do I tell him I'm struggling? So I decided, I was like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with anxiety. And we started to talk about it. And it turns out he knew a lot about what I was going through. I'm like, man, this guy, like, has really good idea of what I'm, you know, what's been going on in my life. Uh, so he said some encouraging words. Uh, and then we left. Sunday morning, I wake up still anxious as can be, and I told my fiance, Hannah, we gotta go to church. I wanna go to church. She said, okay, let's get the kids ready. Whenever we got there, I heard a message on Jesus never said that. Jesus never said that he won't give you more than you can handle because he will, but he will never give you more than he can handle because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Uh, he finished up by saying that he feels like somebody in there needs, uh, needs him to pray. So he's gonna step off to the side of the stage. If you wanna pray, want me to pray for you, just come on up. Uh, I finally get up there and Andy asked me, what's going on? And I was crying so much that I could hardly tell him, you know, what I was struggling with, Um, but he could feel it. He took a deep breath and said, man. And then uh, he just started praying for me. That day was the day that I decided I wanted to fully commit my life to Christ. For the first time, truly accept him as my Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, my life has has not been the same since. Um, That day wasn't the day, only the day that I was saved. 
Um, but the day that I started healing from my anxiety, depression, obsessive thoughts, uh, I can now cast all my worries and anxieties on him because he cares for me. And I know that now. River Ridge has since been an amazing place where our family goes and is treated like family every time we walk in the door. 2020 has been a rough year for most, but it has absolutely been the best year of my life so far. And I thank God for the way that he has intervened in my life. And that's the connection that, that we believe uh, that God wants to have with every single person who walks through this door uh, to come into this church. Jesus said this. He said this in, in uh, Matthew 28, but here's where he got it from. This is in the book of Jeremiah. I love this because this is what we're talking about with the deeper connection, the, the different path. It says, this is what the Lord says from Jeremiah 6, 16. It says, stand at the crossroads of your life. With those questions you have, stand at the crossroads and look, and you look for yourself, and ask for the ancient path, so ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. That's where Jesus got uh, this from when he said in Matthew eleven twenty, 20, he said, come to me, come to me, all who are burdened and heavy laden, take my path, take the ancient path, and you'll find rest for your souls. Uh, and this is what we've seen happen over and over again uh, at this place with what God's called us to be. I've, we've seen so many stories come through this place. I'm telling you, uh, we've seen people who have been in awful places, awful places, like divorces and, and addictions and depression. And I mean, I could keep going, but I've also, we've seen so many people when they get on God's path, the ancient path, they get a hold of God and his call in their life and they find life, they find purpose, they find faith in Jesus and truth and answers to the questions that all of us ask in this life. So this is why we do what we do. This is why Sunday morning matters so much because there's a connection, there's a path that we all get to have when we come into this place uh, and we worship God and we give him our worship and we celebrate Jesus for who he is and what he does because this is about God reaching all people wherever you are with them. So that's the first way that we do this to get to the mission to accomplish the vision. The second one is that we grow in community. So as you start to walk through this life and as you are walking through this life, here's the one thing that you need, people. God just set you up that way. You need people. Sunday morning is not sufficient enough to grow the way that God wants you to grow and to, to find fulfillment in your life. You can't do life alone. That's one of our core values. Uh, that you, so you can't be moving the way God wants you to do without having intentional fellowship with other Christians. Uh, that's just the way it goes. And, and here's what I'm gonna say. I cannot overstate this, uh, what you get. I can't overstate like the benefits of being a part of a smaller group that meets outside of Sunday mornings with other believers uh, that get together. So here's the things that I listed uh, just as I thought about what I get from it. It's a place where you start to feel where you belong in the church. You, you belong when you're in a group. It's where you feel heard. It's where you feel cared for. It's where you get prayed over. It's where you get prayed over. It's where you talk about what the Bible says and you talk about how it's going with Jesus in your life. People will listen to you and, and you get to talk through how following Jesus is going. It's all of that and then some. There's just some quick ones that I listed. And here's the thing, gang. It's why hundreds and hundreds of you choose to do that. It's why hundreds of you are in groups that meet all of, over the valley throughout the week. Uh, this past week, um, my group got together, uh, we just got together, sat outside and started talking about some things. And I just asked a question, I said, hey, what have we seen God do? Uh, just over the last year, over the last 18 months, it's been a little bit of a challenge. But I'll tell you this, one thing that everybody said in one way or another is that they talked about how valuable it was that we still stuck together through this last year and a half, that we just stuck together and it was not easy. Sometimes we were on a Zoom call, sometimes we were able to sit outside. But the fact that we kept each other accountable to our spiritual uh, like doings, how we were doing spiritually, 
spiritually. A lot of, a lot of us said, man, that was so valuable for us to do. Um, so here's, here's what I wanna say with us. There, there is a heartbeat. There's a heartbeat that we operate better. We accomplish the mission and vision for your life better as a big church when we actually get into smaller groups. That's just the way I could say it, that we just do it better with people who are in smaller groups. We have, and so what I wanna say is we have a great opportunity for you. This is just the next step for you. If you're not in a group or you wanna find out more about it, go to group launch. Go to group launch next Sunday, 5.30, come. And here's the thing, going to group launch does not commit you to a group. It'll just get you more information on understanding uh, what that looks like and how you can fit uh, with different groups that are looking for people and, and looking to meet in various different ways. And so I just want, if you're not in a group, if you're not in a group, I wanna challenge you and I just want you to ask something. Uh, what am I missing? What am I missing? by not doing this community thing? What am I missing uh, with God and, and with following Jesus and doing that? So just come to group launch, learn more about this. That's the thing, we connect with God. Uh, it's really important for all of us. We grow in community. Here's the third thing, uh, the action is that we serve on purpose, that we serve on purpose. Uh, when Jesus, this is actually unique with Jesus uh, compared to any other religion, any other sort of uh, teaching or anything. When Jesus talked to the disciples, uh, he talked about something completely different than what everybody else would. When, when he was, because they were asking, hey, what's it look like to be great? Like they, they asked him that a couple times. And he would always answer the same way. He said, okay, here's what it means to be great. Here's what it looks like to be really going. To be great is not to know the most scripture. That's not how you be great. To be great is not to look the best and to be great is not to consume the most. To be great, to be great, he says, is to be the servant. That's what he says, and that's what he did. And it just, it turned every other teaching, uh, you know, upside down. And, and so here's what I believe, here's what we believe. This is why we say serving on purpose is really important for us as a church. I believe that serving, being the servant, is accomplished best in the concentrated time that we have here on a Sunday morning. I just believe you can do it in other places and you can go out there and you're called to serve. But I really believe that what we do here, uh, this is the best place to actually be in service to God and what he's doing because it's, this time is so intentional. It's so intentional to serve and love people for a few hours a month. That's what we ask. For a few hours a month in all kinds of different areas, it almost, if you think about it, becomes a no-brainer, a no-brainer uh, to do that with what Jesus just said, that, that to be the servant is, is what he's looking for and what changes your life. And, and here's what amazes me. I thought about this. Here's what actually uh, amazes me. Here, here's how serving the local church, like what it does simultaneously by just, listen, saying yes to a few hours a month whether it's serving coffee or being with kids or greeting and saying hello, uh, you know, uh, parking cars, being with students, by just saying yes to a few hours a month, you simultaneously move the gospel, benefit the community of other believers, it grows you as the person serving, and it shows unbelievers the love of Christ. All of that at the same time, when you do that, when you just say yes to saying, all right, I'll do it a few hours a month, it's amazing what happens, uh, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, it's, it's an action to, to be a part of the mission that, that gets the vision going on in your life, but it's, a, it's an opportunity, it's not an absolute for us. It's a, you make your availability uh, based on your decision to say yes or no to serving, right? Like you, you choose your availability, you choose this as the priority over everything else, like you just choose everything else's priorities as well. Uh, but, but again, Jesus says, listen to me, Jesus said there's nothing greater, just listen to that, nothing greater than serving him.
and being a part of what God's doing and being used in that way by God. And it's, it's how the mission of God actually moves here at Riverish Church to accomplish the vision that we have for everybody that walks through that door uh, to be chasing after God and building authentic community uh, and, and letting God use them to change other people for Christ. And so those are the three steps we take that we connect uh, with God, that we, that we grow in community and then we serve on purpose. And here's what happens as a result of all of us doing that. When people start to do that and we see that call that God has and we're kind of pumping on all three of those cylinders, then the fourth thing actually just kind of naturally happens. The fourth thing naturally happens, which is this, is that we just go. That we just kind of roll out of here uh, and we go here and we go there with the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus said uh, in Matthew 5, here's what he said about you. If you're a follower of Christ, he said, you are uh, the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth, right? And then he also said, you are the light of the world. You're the light, that's you. He's saying that about you. And he's like, you're the light of the world. And he says, a city on a hill can't be hidden. He's like, that's not what you do with being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So, so here's what he's trying to get at. So we are, we are as sons and daughters of the most high God, redeemed and rescued by Jesus Christ. We are carriers of the light. We are, Jesus said you're light, but he's the light. And why we, he said we are, because we have actually Jesus in us. And here's the great news about this. We get to be reflections of that light to the world. We get to be, so it can't be hidden. We get to be reflections of that. And Jesus is saying, what that reflection does of that light that is him, it shows the world, it shows the world the goodness and grace of God and there's something better than us. That there's way, uh, something greater than us in the universe. And so we wanna be a church. Here's, what, here's just what we wanna do. We wanna be a church that doesn't hide that. Like we don't wanna hide that. We wanna encourage you and like just, just spur you on uh, to be a part of that light and reflection of that light and challenge each other to get off the sidelines, not not just sit and consume God, but to actually get him out there in the world, both in here, out there, everywhere we could, do, could go. So for us um, as a church, it's really important. It's not if we're gonna do it. Here's the biggest question of go. It's just how. How do we do it? Like, how do we, how do we go out there with the good news uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ? So for us, here, here's, I have it up there, just pop it up there. We have four areas that we go, just for you to know. We go uh, for four different places. We go with the gospel for my neighbor, that's you as an individual for the valley, uh, some things for us as a church, for the state of West Virginia, and ultimately for the nations through our global missions and partnerships that we have all throughout the world. So first, we, we wanna be a church. Uh, we wanna be a church who pushes you and pushes me to be sensitive to and sort of just thinking about uh, individuals and neighbors that you live with and you're around and, and just be sensitive how God actually breaks your heart for certain things that are going on because that more than likely is what God's calling you to be uh, as, as somebody that needs to go with the gospel. And so here's uh, Diane's story and how she is going for her neighbor. look through uh, thinking about my faith and I kind of recall you know Jeremiah tells us that uh, you know the Lord you know, knew us even as we were being formed in our mother's womb and I feel like you know that's so true with me that the Lord was giving me tools to prepare for you know, my life ahead of me and you know those tools you know, help prepare me for um, some dark seasons that I was going to be facing. My father served in World War II. He uh, 
got involved with alcohol and they drank more than what he realized he drank. He didn't realize that the alcohol was a little bit stronger than him and continued to get stronger than him. Growing up with a father who um, dealt with alcoholism, you know, there was always that fear of, uh, you know, my father coming home and we kind of hold our breath and we think, oh, is daddy drinking or is he not drinking? About oh, six years ago, I was blindsided and had a life-changing event happen in my life. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful as I have gotten through that dark season. And had I not had that, I probably would not have had the tools to make some choices that, that I made, enabling me to become a better person rather than a bitter person. The pivotal moment for me was calling out to God to help me do what I needed to do to find His light. Because, like I say, it was a really dark season. And, you know, I just felt God calling me to find my passion to serve others. It just came to me Lily's place. And Lily's place, of course, is the a medical unit for um, NAS babies, babies that are born under the influence of drugs, uh, to get help. And uh, I thought, I'm going to call down at Lily's place. I would sit and I would cuddle those babies and through the darkest season, or as Andy would say, valley in my life, and I would hold those babies for that first year or so, and I laughed, I would tell the nurses there that I would baptize those babies as I was praying for them with my tears because they would just be falling. Because it was a, a difficult time for me, and uh, the peace that I would get rocking those babies and uh, you know, uh, they, I'm sure the staff there thought, oh, that I was just pouring my heart out because of these babies, not knowing what I was going through. And every week, uh, that was, I would always tell them that was the best part of my week. And it was my healing moment. And it did more for me than what I ever did for cuddling those babies. And I felt like that was my call. And those were the tools that God had equipped with me and had ordered my steps through everything in my life with serving with Daddy, with AA, of taking care of those babies and those mamas. Because at Lily's Place, it's not just for the babies, it's for the mamas and the families as well. And sitting there and talking with the mamas in the, the room, them sharing their experiences, me sharing my experiences, and how much I admired my father for overcoming his alcoholism giving them my perspective from, you know, the daughter and how their child would look up to them someday for overcoming what they were going through. And, you know, I felt like this was exactly where I needed to be. And God had put me in this place for a reason.
times. That's, that's what we hope and wish and want to encourage and, and push all of you to do. So I praise God for Diane and what she's doing and just her being a part of that, going to her neighbors. So that's the first part of how we go. The second part is that we go for the valley. We go for the valley. And that's just part of what we do here that we, that we have sort of programmatically put some things in place throughout the year for us to be a church uh, who just goes and, and is the, shares the message and the love of Jesus Christ uh, to, to going out there and being a part of some projects that we do. So our Go Local projects, you're going to be hearing about those. We do them four times a year uh, just to, to, to help you be a part of just going with the gospel. So the next one that's coming up is really soon. It's October 16th. Write that down. You can find more information about it. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and that's just how we uh, are, are going with the gospel for the valley uh, as well. Uh, and then uh, we want to go. We want to go uh, for the state of West Virginia. For the state of West Virginia. We just want to be a part of how God reaches the state of West Virginia for Jesus Christ. And here's what I believe is unique with this. I don't know. Other states might say this. I just think West Virginians uniquely love the state of West Virginia. What do you think? I just think that. Like we just, I think there's something different about us. I just think there's something with that. I just think we're passionate for our state. And so we want to be a place that sort of marries the passion that we naturally have for the state with the passion that we have with the gospel of Jesus Christ and just being proactive with God's plan to reach just every corner and crick of West Virginia uh, if he wants to use us. So that's what we're going to do. And so uh, just real quick how we do that. This is what we're doing right now and what we ask you to pray for with us. We, Chad showed you this a few months ago, uh, but we actually have a network of churches. We have a network of rich churches that we operate uh, together and we have the same vision uh, to reach uh, West Virginia for Christ. So we have uh, Chestnut Ridge and Morgantown and we have uh, South Ridge and Fairmont and Bridgeport and then we have uh, River Ridge and Charleston and then we also have us uh, in Taze Valley. And so we just thought, we, why not be a network churches who partner up and pray for this great state uh, and then help each other uh, to do what God wants us to do, to, to plant churches or support other organizations and, and just be a bigger part of the picture of West Virginia being reached for Christ. And it's been great being a part of this network as we pray for that direction and we get to pray for areas like Wheeling and Sissonville and uh, you know Beckley and Barbersville and we get to do that and, and all over just to see what God wants to do. And so here's how you could be a part of us with that. Uh, again, I just want to give you steps. Get Get a map of the state of West Virginia. Put it somewhere. Pray over that map. Pray for the town you're from. Pray for the town that God's breaking your heart for. Pray over that. Pray for our churches. Pray for Chestnut Ridge, South Ridge, River Ridge, Charleston. Pray for us to have unity and direction uh, for God to seek uh, you know, us and, and reach others for Christ uh, out through this state. And so that's how we accomplish that mission. That's how we do it. These are the ways that we do it. We connect, we, we grow, we serve, we go. And that's how we uh, do this. It. just clear steps of being a part of that uh, to take as a church. And so uh, let's finish this out because there's two more important things that God says that we need to do. So here's the second one in verse seven to eight. He says this, the second, be strong and very courageous. He says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. So if you're taking your notes, here's the second thing that we be strong and courageous. And we be strong and courageous to obey God's word, that we need to obey God's word. Gang, if there's anything central to the church of Jesus, that's what has to happen with all of us. We have to be uh, obeying what God says. We have to be leaning in to what his word says. It's absolutely crucial for us as a church of Jesus Christ. So, so here's what I want to challenge you real quick in this season. This season, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to, to just step up in your obedience to God. Step up in your saying yes to what God has to say. And make Jesus, listen, not just the savior of your life, but Lord uh, of your life. What are some areas where you haven't made Jesus Lord? 
What are some areas that you need to work on and let God in and, and say, no, you need to be Lord of my life in those and, and surrender him? Because the mission in these steps, we honestly, gang, we can't accomplish anything if we're not being obedient to what God says and what his word says. Uh, next week, we're starting a brand new series in the book of Romans. Bring your Bible, bring a journal. We're gonna be in there for 11 weeks going after it. We're gonna look at the theology of the gospel. We're gonna look at how we live this out for the next 11 weeks. Get ready, bring your popcorn. All right, man, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be an awesome series. Get ready for that. Be ready for that uh, and, and let's go. And let's finish this up in verse nine, the last one. It says this, be strong and courageous. Where's the next one? Yeah, be careful according, I thought, are we stuck? He says this, be strong uh, and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Here's the third thing uh, that we be strong and courageous in. We be strong and courageous and we don't be afraid. We don't be afraid. So for us, I hope, here's what I hope, man. Uh, I hope you've seen what God has done. Like, I hope you see what God's doing here, and uh, I hope you see that we have a responsibility to keep going with what he's telling us to do and, until he tells us to stop. Gang, listen to me, he's not told us to stop. He hasn't told us to stop doing any one of these things that I shared with you about with the vision that we have for every single person, the mission that he put us on, and the steps that we take to do that. And, uh, so, but here's the great news. We don't have to be afraid to do it, because it's all God's stuff anyways. It's all him doing things, not us doing things. It's not about River Ridge Church. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ being made known, lifted high, and celebrated with the church that he is calling to go out and accomplish his stuff. And so some of you, I just want to talk to you just one more minute, and we'll be done. Some of you... I mean, I just look out there. I want to look at you online. Some of you, I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you right now to consider where you are with this and go in with us. To, to, to jump in with us, be a part of what we're doing. Find your place with us. Be the church with us. Serve somewhere. Lead something. Get in a group. Take gospel risks with people. Be passionate about God with us. That's what I want to challenge you to do. Every believer in Jesus Christ, like here, I want to challenge you. And it doesn't even need to be this church. You need to find a church where you actually are okay with what they say, with the mission and vision, and then get behind it and use your gifts and abilities to be a part of it. That, don't, don't let your gifts and abilities go to waste, man. And if that's where you're at right now, then man, either get in or, or man, find a church that does. There are a lot of churches in this valley, and I say this with care and love, but there are a lot of churches in this valley that I would go to. Absolutely, I, I think our church is pretty great. Uh, and I think there's something for everyone here, but man, I don't, don't waste your talents and gifts and abilities that God gave you just to be sitting on the sidelines. Get in with the church's mission. Be a part of them reaching uh, our area and the world for Christ, okay? And for a lot of you here, you've done that. You're a part of that. It's awesome. Like, people are changing. And here's the thing. You're changing, too, because you're a part of what God is doing here. And, and so I just, it's so great to be doing this with you. Like, I just thank God for you because we really can't do anything without people saying yes to the mission and the collective results of what we're seeing is what God's doing through people saying yes. And so for all of us, man, this is what God has in front of us. I hope it's been very clear on, on what, who we are and what God's called us to be uh, and that there's some sort of step that I think everyone can take. So I want you to just ask yourself two questions and we'll be done. Uh, where am I at with this? And what's the next step for me to take? So let's pray. God, uh, man, thank you for the mission that you have us on. Thank you for the call that you have as a church. And here's my prayer. This is not unique. This is not, we, River Ridge is not special. You're what's unique. Jesus is who is special. And so we just want to be a part of what you are doing. This is not about River Ridge Church. This is about the call that you have on every single church of Jesus Christ in the world. We just want to be a part of what you're doing 
just challenge us, spur us on uh, with the call that you have, the vision of what we want to see everybody be doing, chasing after you, man, building an authentic community in Christ and just going after people with the gospel of Jesus and, and that we get to accomplish that through some things that you called us to do. I pray that we get in on that and that we just see you moving as a result of that and we pray for, for more people to come to know you, for more people to get on that ancient path, the path that finds rest for our souls and answers to the life that we have. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name.